So when I think about, oh. hello everybody, welcome to Super Saturday. Today we're going to be talking about blinded, broken, and blessed. Minister Phillips is going to start off with the scripture, but first I want to thank all the people that are watching and everyone that's going to watch the replay. And I ask that you just just comment, um, join in, and share the broadcast, Minister Phillips. Greetings on this Super Saturday morning. Uh, I will be reading a scripture from the book of 2 Samuel. Uh, the scripture is 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 2 through 5. And the word of the Lord reads, And it came to pass in an evening time that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him. And he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. So this is the story of David um, and Bathsheba. And I'm just going to kind of talk about a few things that, that happened. Um, so we know that David was in his palace. You know, he was minding his own business. Um, and then he just looked out of the window. Um, and when he looked out of the window, he saw, well, let me back up. David gets tempted when he sees a beautiful lady named Bathsheba taking a bath on the porch. Um, he looks at her. Of course, he lusts after her. Um, so then he decides to send messengers um, or like in modern terms, his friends to go and get Bathsheba. They bring Bathsheba uh, to David and he sleeps with her. During the process of time, he sends her back home. And then one day, Bathsheba contacts David and she was like, I need to let you know that I'm pregnant. You know, I'm going to have a baby. So David throws a fit. He gets mad. Um, he, he knows that now everybody's going to know that he's been dating one of his or having an affair with one of his, his soldier's wives and, and he's going to be exposed. So he sends for Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. When Uriah gets there, David tells him, you know, I know you've been working hard and everything, so I want you to take a break from the war um, and just go home to your wife. Uriah says, no. He's like, no, man. He's like, I can't do that. You know, the other soldiers, my other fellow soldiers are there fighting, and I'm going to take a break and just go home to my wife. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do them like this. So um, Uriah stays at David's house, and he just goes to sleep in the hallway with the um, with his servants, with David's servants. Um, so later on, David finds out um what happened that uriah just slept at his door with the servants and so he found out that you know he like oh my plan didn't work so he's he's mad he's upset you know because uriah never went home to his wife and slept with his wife so there's no way that people are gonna think that's his baby right you know so when david's plan fails he we said he gets mad um so have you ever messed up and then you get mad at everybody else and you blame other people for what you did that's what david did 
Um, so he commands the soldiers. He's like, okay, I'm going to fix this. He commands the soldiers to put Uriah on the front line so he would be a, a human target. And sure enough, his plan works because Uriah is killed. So David isn't even remorseful or sorry. He just moves Bathsheba into his house and uh, his illegitimate child. So David messes up. He tries to fix it. It can't be fixed that way because Uriah refuses to sleep with his wife. So he just has the man killed. He takes So he's taking Uriah's wife from him. And then he's had the man killed. You know, all of this in one one fell swoop he does all this so then the lord sends nathan to tell david that god that that he saw all the evil things that he had done the lord had watched how he had taken one of his soldiers wives gotten her pregnant tried to cover it up with uh his own his mistake by murdering uriah i mean he tried to cover up his own mistake by trying to do a plot to have uriah to sleep with his wife when uriah refused you know he killed a man so god is watching when all this goes on and he lets David know that, hey, you're in trouble. I saw what, you're, what you've done, um, and you're going to be punished. So David thought he had got away with it, but God punished him. So David's son gets sick. David begins to fast and pray, and the child dies. David goes into mourning. He mourns for a season, but then he reconnects with God. He repents, um, and he, you know, he just keeps on going with his life. First, we're going to talk about the first thing in our the first part of our title, which is being blinded. Then we're going to talk about being broken, and then we're going to talk about being blessed. Blinded. David had leveled up. He no longer had to run from Saul and fight Saul. He was now the king at the beginning of this story. This is when David's at the top of his game. Uh, he was large and in charge. Can I tell you that David let success go to his head? Can I tell you that for a moment, David forgot about his de dedication and responsibility to his God? David did not become physically blind. He became spiritually blind. That's the kind of blindness we're talking about right now, being spiritually blind. He lose, lost his ability to resist temptation. I can just see David. He finally made it to the palace. He has his servants and he command and he was commanded his own army. But all of a sudden, he can have anything he wants. He lets the success and the favor, like we said, go to his head. He gets the big head. He forgets about everyone and everything that got him there. He forgot about how he was supposed to be there. He's supposed to be God's chosen. Um, he's more concerned at this point about what he wants than what God requires. When David is at the height of his success, then we can see who David really is on the inside. His success reveals his character. This is the same David that wrote the book of Psalms. This is the same David with just a few chapters before this. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, he was in charge of the ark of God. And he carried the ark of the covenant. He carried the ark of God. Then in that, in that same chapter... Him and his friend played all types of music and they glorified God and they praised God. And the Bible said that David had danced with all his might before the Lord. At that point, David was on a spiritual high in chapter six. But by chapter 12, his flesh had overtaken him. Just see how sometimes you can be having a mountaintop experience. David was having a mountaintop experience in chapter six. He was praising God. He was glorifying God. He was carrying the ark and all of that and then at the in the midst of his mountaintop experience that's when 
he was he was feeling full of himself and the enemy came in by chapter 12 and he began to have a valley experience he still thought he was on the mountaintop but david was on the valley he was so low in fact that the enemy tempted him with bathsheba so after all of this happened and david fell he repented and he turned back to god but the spiritual blindness that he experienced has called had caused him to lose his way. It caused him to fall, to fail, and turn his back on God. Now we're going to talk about being broken. The Bible says that he that those that he loved, God rebukes and chastens. We know that, that David had become focused on getting Bathsheba so much so that he had missed God. He sinned and he killed a man. So these bad decisions led David to suffer consequences and experiences from God. Consequences are usually negative in nature, often resulting in a punishment of some sort. Everyone knows what consequences are. Everybody has had experience with consequences. When you're a child and you don't do your chores, your consequences are you get grounded. If you talk back, uh, I don't know about you. When I talk back to my mother, my consequences were I got a spanking. Adults know all about consequences. Consequences um, can cause you to uh, get fired on your job when you don't handle your responsibilities. Consequences can cause you to get sick when you don't take your medicine. In this case, David's consequences of punishment caused him to lose someone he loves. The Lord decided that because of David's sin, his son would die. David thought he could be a regular person, do what regular people do. He thought that he could lay down his destiny and God wouldn't notice. Have you ever wondered why some people can cheat on their spouses, steal on their job, do all manners of things and never get caught? Uh, but you could be late to work and someone tells it and you get in trouble. You could just do one little light thing and you get in trouble. Or you take some pens from work or a few notepads and you get fired. You can't do what everybody else do. Why is it you can't do what everybody else do? Why is it you do a little something and one person, another person can do all kind of men are evil and nothing happens to them? Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because God has a purpose for you. It's because you have purpose and destiny on your life. Um, um. It's because you are chosen by God. You are God's chosen and anointed and appointed. And then you have a destiny to fulfill. So you can't get away with everything everybody else does. Stop asking people, God, why you're different. Stop asking God to let you fit in and asking the question, why don't you fit in? Stop asking God to let you be like everyone else. God loves you so much that he will send judgment, punishment, and consequences to redirect you and get you back inside of his will. God has his hands on you and he will not let you be lost. He will never leave you alone. God had every reason to give up on David and to let him lose his destiny, but he drew David back to him and he drew David right back into his will. And just like he did it for David, God loves you and he will do the same thing for you. Just know Know that God has his hands on you. Just know that God loves you and he cares for you and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, just know that he who has begun a good work in you, that he's going to complete it. Uh, he's not going to give up or he's not going to give in. He's going to keep working on you until you reach perfection. He's going to keep work, working on you until you reach purpose. He's going to keep working on you until you reach destiny. God's going to empower you to fulfill your destiny and your purpose. Just know we're on step three or the, the third stage of this thing. And it's talking about being blessed. No matter what David did wrong, it did not take away the favor of God that was up on his life. 
after he repented, he was still king. He still lived in a palace and he still commanded his servants and his armies. You might say that, hey, it's not fair for David to still have everything he had at the beginning of the story because of all the things he did. But how many know that favor isn't fair? How many know you might have done some things? You might have made some mistakes. I'm sure you fell and you you fail, F-E-L-L, and you failed, F-A-I-L-E-D. But if you keep walking, keep believing, keep trusting and repent, then God will turn your life around. He will continue to favor you, continue to bless you. Now, people won't forgive you. They'll still remember all the things you did, all the lies you told, all the money you stole, all the mistakes you made. But don't let people define you. You're not right. They call you, you're what you answer to. And who do you answer to? You answer to a mighty God. You answer to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So even though you might have messed up, come to yourself and realize that you're not perfect. Come to yourself and realize that God doesn't expect you to be perfect. Yes. You might have been blinded by some things. You might have been blinded by lust. You might have done some things that you shouldn't have done. Uh, you might have been blinded by your own success and went off on a wild tangent and doing things that you know you shouldn't have done and turn your back on God. And those things might cause you to be broken. They might cause you to be in depression. They might cause you to be in anxiety. They might even sit you into divorce or bankruptcy. But just know we serve a God that is a second chance God. So he came that we might have life and we may have it more abundantly. So God is able at any point to step out of eternity, step out of eternity and step into your right now into your situation and turn your life around he can make all things new so when you repent and you mess up just know that don't you don't need to give up because god still sees you as anointed god still sees you as worthy he still favors you you are still blessed and highly favored you are still anointed you are still god's chosen vessel and you will fulfill the destiny god has for you in jesus name amen Amen. Amen. I enjoyed that. Hallelujah. Uh -oh. uh, I'm just going to do a continuation of um, what uh, Mr. Reed was already talking about, um, about David. I'm going to just read a few scriptures in the next chapter, which is beginning with chapter 12. Uh, I'm going to read just the first through the seventh verses. And Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, it says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeded many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished up and it grew up together with him and with his children it did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter and there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spared to take the rich to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that have done this thing shall surely die. 
and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. It goes on to talk about how the Lord told him that he had blessed him even with to be over the house of Judah. And so in the beginning of this, we're talking about, uh, I refuse to quit, blessed, blind, and broken. And how David, after the, the situation that had gone on with Bathsheba, how he was in a broken state, David found himself, even though Nathan the prophet uh, had um, he had found out what was going to happen to the child that the child was not going to live while the child lived David began to fast and he began to pray unto God and he fasted and he prayed and, and he refused to eat he fasted he prayed he refused to eat because why David was broken and he said well and they asked him why why are you doing all this and David said I didn't know God may change his mind. He may have changed his mind about my situation. He might have spared the child and allowed the child to live, even though the child was conceived in adultery, even though the child was conceived under the circumstances of murder. You know, but he said maybe God would just change his mind. And so we know in the story that God did not change his mind, but the child ended up dying. And David was in a broken state in his mind. I'm sure that David probably went back to the time that he even had to, uh, when he began to seek God for a uh, uh, mercy, that he even went back to the time in his mind where he said, God, you know, you know how we bring up things that we've done for the Lord and we really want God to do something for us. No doubt, I believe that he probably remembered when he had to go against uh, Goliath, when he had to say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that, that is defying the armies of the Lord? He said, God, you know, I stood up for you and, and, and I did all manner of things to fight for you and, and I'm king and I'm, I'm, I'm serving you. And Lord, he probably besought him to ask him to spare the child's life. But you know, how many know that our works, the things that we do, is not all that we need to do. Our works is not going to save us. But God still allowed the child to pass on. No matter what David did, no matter how he cried and how he fasted, the child still died. So Nathan, in these scriptures, it was talking about how Nathan was explaining to David. You know, sometimes you can't just come to people and say, you know, you did this and you hurt my feelings and, and, you, and you, didn't, uh, you didn't really consider how I felt. But you have to come to people sometimes in making an analogy or associating what went on in another way. So he came to David with this story and said, look, it was a rich man and there was a, a man that was poor. And, and, and between the two, the rich, the, the poor man had this little lamb and the rich man saw the lamb and wanted the lamb. And so in the story, it was mirroring what happened in the situation with David and Bathsheba. 
how David was rich and he had, so he, he could have any woman that he wanted. He, he could have wives and concubines. He could have whatever he wanted, but David saw something that belonged to someone else that was precious. Bathsheba was precious in the eyes of her husband, but David didn't have, he didn't care. It was just something that he wanted. He wanted Bathsheba and he took Bathsheba. And not only that, but he, he laid with her and she became a child and uh the and then he put him in the the heated line of battle he said look he told joab he said i want you to put uriah he said since he won't go home he won't go visit his wife my plan is falling apart i i have to have a a, a plan b i want you to put him in the heated line of battle i want you to put him where the where the they said where the valiant men were where the strong men weren't fighting put him on the on the side where we know that he's going to be killed he said my plan b has to work so they did that they put him in the front line of fire where they said that the arrows was coming off the wall and, and they said why did you go to the wall because that's what david wanted him to do he wanted him to be killed see that's how the enemy is sometimes we think the the enemy is our friend but he's not because why? He puts you on the front line of battle and he expects you to lose. But the thing about us is what? That we are resilient and that God is with us. And that in the case of Uriah's case, he might have died. But I'm telling you today that we're not dying in that stance. Why? Because we're going to fight. And we know that we're on the winning side. So as the story goes on, David was blind because he did not understand that david you are the man because david said hey this person deserves to die so from a human point of view from a human perception david thought that the the situation that happened between the rich man and the and the poor man he thought that that was despicable but he did not even recognize that it was him it was david that nathan was talking about so david what he was blind to the fact that he had even done all these things it didn't it was just you know how sometimes you get caught up in a cycle and there's one thing after another it's like a domino effect one thing happened to other and we don't and and sister Felipe was talking about consequences we don't always think about those consequences but the consequence was that the child died and david he got up he got up from his fasting his praying and he began to eat and people didn't understand but david said look he said i've i've, I've sought the lord he didn't let the child live. Now I got to go on. He repented. It said the, the word of God talks about David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he knew how to repent. He knew how to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Forgive me. I'm, I'm going to turn and I'm not going to do this thing again. So he repented. And I'm here to tell you that God blessed David. He was, he was already blessed, but he blessed him. And it says on down in the scriptures. Then it says that David uh, comforted Bathsheba in verse number 24, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son and called his name Solomon. So at the end, David continued the Lord. The, the situation happened with David and Bathsheba. The child died, but what? guess what? The Lord still remembered the covenant that he had with David. He still remembered that promise that he had made him. And Solomon became one of the wealthiest men in the world. He was the wealthiest 
and he was full of wisdom. And that was from the seed of David. And I believe God is saying to us today that even though you look back and you see things, places and times where you have been blind, where you have been broken, where you felt like you've been in despair and depressed. But if we look to God and remember the promises, when we make mistakes, be quick to repent. See, David was quick to build an altar and say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. We have to ask him for forgiveness. And the only way we're going to get forgiveness is guess what? We got to learn how to forgive other people. So we can't go through this Christian life or life in general, not forgiving people. And we holding on to everything people do to us. We're holding on to our past. We're holding on to what we can't move forward and we don't let these things go. And I don't want, I am an example. I do not want to be broken my whole life. I don't want to be blind, but I want to be blessed. And in order for me to be blessed, I got to move forward. Take everything that's happened in my life as a experience, as a, as a stepping stone, and just keep on believing God. And in this instance, I tell you, David was blessed in the end. And I thank God for his word on today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Hallelujah. Great word from both of you all from what I've caught of Minister Felita and also Minister Michelle. Uh, please forgive me. I am traveling to work this morning. I am now at the job. I'm on the west side of Chicago. So I have to be conscious of my surroundings. So uh, if I don't focus in on the camera, please forgive me. That means I'm just being circumspect, which is what the Lord has called us to do. Um, this is a, a great passage. And, and when I tell you when I was studying it, um, I zeroed in on Uriah. And so this is a message for all those who are listening, even if you listen in the rebroadcast, if you're listening now, this is a message for those of us who are called to work the front line um, with our leaders. We're called to be on the battlefield with our leaders. What this story has told me of has shown me is that sometimes our leaders can, they can get a faulty heart, just like us all. They can fall prey to what it is that their um, flesh desires. They can get in a state where um, they have an agenda and their agenda is really just to please their flesh, please themselves. And those of us who are called as leaders in the ministry to be on the battlefield with with um, those we are following and those who are leading us um, in the name of the Lord. We have to be like I am today. We have to be circumspect, aware of everything that's going on around us, aware of the uh, the schemes of the enemy, aware of the tactics of the enemy. And also we need to be aware when the heart of our leaders have shifted and not so that we come against them, but so that we can be in intercession and that we could fight from a different place. Some of us, our loyalty, just like Uriah, our loyalty to our leaders can blind us to what really is going on in the spirit realm. You know, David sent Uriah home, but because of Uriah's loyalty, Uriah disregarded home. Uriah discarded home. Uriah left home uncovered because of his loyalty to the leader, his loyalty to a faulty man. And so this is not a message to cause you to look side eye to your leader. This is a message to cause the prophet and the sound bearer and the, the armor bearer, the uh, trumpet blower in you to rise up. 
We cannot blindly follow our leaders. Our leaders set us around them so that we could see when danger is coming. And sometimes the danger comes from within. We have to put ourselves in a position if we truly love our leaders and we truly love the Lord and we truly um, uh, love the work for the Lord and the advancement of God, God's kingdom. We have to make sure we are in a position that we see what's happening in the spirit realm, meaning we must ourselves uh die to our flesh. We must be in a place of consecration. We must be in a place of fasting and praying and, and in God's word so that we can all like Nathan rise up when God puts a word in us to give our leaders warning of destruction. We can't do that if we're blindly following them. We can't do that if our loyalty overshadows the wisdom of God. If our loyalty to them overshadow what God is saying and what God is doing. We cannot be so intoxicated because if you continue to read on in 2 Samuel the 11th chapter, if you continue to read on toward the end of the verse, when Uriah didn't go home, David said, I got another plan. Let me cause him to get so drunk that he would go home. So Uriah sat at David's table and just drank, drank, drank. And but instead of going home, he crashed with one of his buddies. He crashed. He still didn't go home. And so that's when David sent him to the front line. We prophets, where are you? Prophets, where are you? Uh, trumpet blowers, where are you? We cannot be so intoxicated with the words of those that are, with the words of that's coming from the pulpit or with, with uh, charisma, we cannot be so intoxicated with words of those who are in leadership that we, his uh, fire truck is going by, excuse me. We cannot be so intoxicated with words of leadership that we just pass out in the midst of our peers, that we are under the influence, that we have no sense of what's of reality of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. God is, oh my God, this, there's judgment taking place in the land. There's judgment taking place in the land and God is using many of us like he used Yo Noah to build a safety ark, right? He's building a safety ark for uh, those who have enough sense to go to safety because there is judgment in the land. So we, this is not a time for us to be lured lured to sleep and lured into a state of darkness or drunkness with with uh charisma right. with with uh uh words that 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 satisfy the flesh and 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 things of that sort we have to be so spiritually keen we have to be so spiritually keen not just that we're so loyal to ministry and so loyal to church work that we leave our home uncovered mm -hmm. david said go home but Uriah laid at the door of the king. Sometimes you have to go home. Sometimes you have to go home, right. see about some children, go home, see about your spouse, go home, see about your responsibilities at home. Yes. Go home. And, and, and God will let you know when it's okay to go home. Am I, am I saying neglect the work of the ministry? Absolutely not. Am I saying neglect the work of the kingdom? Absolutely not. Am I saying uh, begin to rebel against your leader? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is your leader needs you to be so in tune with what God is saying and what God is doing that it would not only save your life, but his life in the down, his life in the long run. Uriah yeah. did not go home because of his loyalty. But my God, Nathan, even though Nathan was afraid, Nathan did what God called him to do afraid. When God called Nathan to give David this prophetic word, this this uh to 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 reveal to David, you are the man. Cause sometimes we, I'm a leader. You all are leaders. 
not just our 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 leaders, but when we are leaders, we can be so consumed with what we desire. We can be so consumed with what we want that mm-hmm. we we just we really don't understand that we are really in a uh, a place of hell bound. <laughs> We're really in a place where, you know, we are displeasing God. And because consequences, we talked about consequences, because consequences are not always immediate. We are at, and we talk about David. David was a leader. Because consequences are not always immediate. We try to cover up our mistakes. We try to cover up things. But Sometimes the cover-up don't always work, and the cover-up can only last for lo- so long. But when mm-hmm. I tell you this, as leaders and as the body of Christ, and and those who are called to perfect the work of the saints, perfect the saints for the work of ministry, this is not a time for us to lay down and sin. This is not a time for us to give over into our flesh. This is not a time for us to uh, uh, to displease God, because there was a time where things were covered. But this is a time where there's an uncovering taking place. There's an uncovering taking place. So open our eyes, all of us. Let's open our eyes. Let's become awakened. All that in all that getting, getting understanding. Let's understand the times and the seasons of today. Let's understand what God is saying to us today. And let's make sure our leaders understand, like, we won't know if we're being led the right way if we don't know God, if we don't know his word. If we're not connected with the Holy Ghost ourselves, right. you know, um, and, and it, all of us, it said even the very elect would be deceived. All of us today, those of us who are kingdom minded, who are called to the leadership, who are called to carry the torch, who are called to lead God's people to him, who are called to turn the nation's attention back to God. We have to know God ourselves. And so my 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 my. My focus today is on Uriah. Many of us have the heart of Uriah. We're loyal. We're dependable. And we will leave our homes uncovered because we are doing God's work. We are following our leader. But when I tell you, look with your good eye. Look with, listen with your good ear. Ask mm-hmm. the Lord to circumcise your ears. Cut away the fat. Ask the Lord to drop the scales from your eyes. And, and ask God, why am, why am I assigned here? Why am I stationed here? Why am I stationed to fight this war here? What is my responsibility to the leader? Because remember, we want their soul saved too. You know, leaders have to ask. I, I, like Paul said, I don't want to preach the gospel and then me myself be a castaway. That's right. Leaders can fall. Leaders can have... Leaders can have a displeasing God moment. And so if you are assigned to a leader to walk closely with a leader, you better wake up and look with your good eye. Mm-hmm. You, you, you better wake up and start really interceding, praying. And when you see, should your leader get to a place where it's displeasing the Lord, you better learn how to intercede. Don't just out of loyalty, blindly follow the leader. Right. Out of loyalty, hear God, obey God. And 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 be res- and be a responsible trumpet blower, be a responsible prophet, be a responsible soldier, mm-hmm. and and really warn the captain when danger is near, even if the danger is within. 
And sometimes, yes, go home. Go home. Check on the family. Check on the kids. Check on your check on your bills. Make sure your place is not going into foreclosure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, don't neglect all things concerning you. Um, and God will show you how to balance that. Because, again, whomever's listening, this is no way me telling you to rebel against leadership or to neglect the house of the Lord. What I'm telling you is do not find yourself following a blind, following blindly a faulty leader, because in doing so, who who wasn't able to recover? David recovered. Bathsheba recovered. Right. Nathan survived. Who didn't recover? That loyal soldier, Uriah, because he died. Right. That was that consequence. He died. Let that not be you. Let that not be us today. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And with that, I do need to disconnect because it is 11 o'clock and I'm five minutes late and I have to go into this place here. I love you all. God bless you all. And I will see you next time. All right. Love you too. Okay. You might. <laughs> It might be good if I unmute. <laughs> but just a reminder for Minister Latonya to take care of home. Yes, be diligent. Yes, be faithful to the church. But please don't forget to take care of home. Don't forget to take care of you. Don't mean you're not saved, but check on home. And I like how she pointed out that Uriah left his house uncovered. Yes, he was out fighting. But what about his wife that was at home? What about his wife that was lonely? What about his wife that was neglected? You know, so we have to have balance in there in our lives. And that's something I'm seeking God for balance. Mm -hmm. Yes, God, I want to do a work for you, but I need to be able to balance everything that's going on in my life because we have to live in this world. We have to be present in this world and we have right. family members and we have homes. So we need to take care of home. Amen. Yes. Amen. So. With that being said, we just want to thank everyone that's uh, joined us now or for the replay. We just want you to be blessed. We want you to know that we're praying with you and for you. We ask you to share uh, this broadcast, not because we want the views, but because we want God to be glorified and we want someone to hear the word and hopefully they'll be encouraged. And Amen. I just want to thank you and pray that you'll be blessed. Amen. Amen.